Okay, hello and welcome to another Risk Acumen podcast. We offer thoughtful insight around risk engineering and management. Now, as we know, 2020 has been all about one thing, the COVID-19 pandemic. And from a risk management perspective, the spotlight has very much been on continuity planning. In a major event such as this, continuity plans and how robust they are can simply be the difference between organisations surviving or failing. So I want to explore this area today. And to help me, I've been joined on a call by Charlie McLean Bristol. How are things, Charlie? Oh, I'm surviving. Yes, I'm, I'm here working away at home. So yeah, good and all rearing to go. Excellent, excellent. Now, now Charlie's a highly experienced business continuity and crisis management author and consultant and is also the founder of two companies, Plan B Consulting and Business Continuity Training. Uh, two years ago, his peers at the Business Continuity Institute also voted him their European Personality of the Year. So well done with that one, Charlie. And um, now, COVID-19, <laughs> what a year we've had so far, yeah? Yes, I think we need to get the two uh, to, 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 two buzzwords out of the way early. It's unprecedented, and we're into we're into a new normal. So the, those are two things you all have to say about, about that uh, that yeah. event. So Thanks, yes, Charlie, it's an interesting year. Yeah, and I mean, what I'd like to get down to today, if we can, is 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 to understand, you know, what you see as the key business continuity lessons that have emerged from this pandemic, Charlie. Yeah, I, I think it's, a, it's interesting that, that I think it's first of all looking at the incident. Normally as an incident, we would plan for your company, my company, X company. We would plan for them having the incident and they having to manage out, manage the reputation, manage the recovery, look after their customers, look after their um, their staff. And I think what, as we well know, what's different with this one is we're all in the same boat boat together. So it puts a kind of different dynamics on incidents because, you know, your customers are not going to be outraged because you can't supply to them. If you are a kind of theater or something, you can't supply to your customers because you've been told not to. So I think that is the first interesting dynamic is that thing. We're all in the same boat together. Okay, and it, it, you, you use the word dynamic. I guess the responses had to be dynamic as well because of that. It, 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 you almost see um, people having to, I, I don't want to use the phrase, make it up as they go along um, because I would expect there'd be more planning behind that. But uh, it, there's a feeling that that's what's necessary here, isn't it? Because it's something new. I, th- I think there's a couple of things there. First of all, I think, you know, as part of incident management, we do two things. We put in place a robust incident management plan, which hopefully can deal with any type of incident. Because often, you know, the next incident is the one that that we, we've never, never thought of. So hopefully, if you have a good, robust incident management plan, that allowed you, when COVID struck, to be able to use that mechanism and the teams and the plan and the kind of the structure for managing managing the incident so you were able to 
you were able to manage it. I think there's also a bit about, I did a lot of contingency plan, pandemic planning when I worked for a big utility in Scotland. And they went really, I'm not say overboard, but they did some really, really good contingency planning for the last pandemic round about just at the back of year, year 2000. So I think it was 2000 and 2004 or 5 when the H1N1 was, was coming there. And they did an immense amount of work. But what was interesting was none of the work we did for that pandemic was really relevant to this pandemic at all. And, you know, if you look at the key... And I looked at some of the exercising. So I wrote a piece on the big exercise um, England did in... I can't remember the date. It was, it was about 2016... Yeah. And they exercised it over three days. So that's, a, and we had like 47 different, um, different organizations involved in that. So immense amount of work. But the two things that they didn't do in that exercise was sort out the PPE, which we all remember was the big problem at the beginning, and also the, um, sorted out putting people with COVID out of the hospitals because that was always their plan to take, take people out of the hospitals and free out hospital beds. They never, no, nobody occurred to anybody or seemed to not occurred for the notes anyway that to say that was a bad idea because actually they put COVID straight in all the care homes. So I think, you know, contingency planning, I suspect has helped lots of organizations be prepared for the incident but we always have to slightly, however much we plan, it's rare that your kind of incident fits your planning for the Pacific scenario. So I think it's worth planning for Pacific scenarios, but I think you've always got to, to say you can't plan to the nth degree because yeah. the nuances will be different. Yeah, I mean, that's something that's always fascinated me about continuity planning is just the sheer scope of it all. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, how do you plan for almost anything? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, okay, you can anticipate a fire or an IT failure or something like that. But, you know, a, a global pandemic is a little bit different, as you've said. And where does it all end? You know, should we have asteroid strikes and alien invasions and things like that as part of the plan? So as talk me through the process, Charlie. I really need to understand how do you kind of plan for the for the for the unthinkable if you like well i think it is uh, as the audience here is very much risk managers that's what their profession is all about but for me there is a couple of things there first of all in business continuity we plan very much for the consequence of the action Mm -hmm. So we, if we, if we say actually you've got a big headquarters building and you got it's it's full of call centres or it's full of specialist equipment or it's full of things that you can't easily replicate elsewhere, yeah. then then we don't really care if the buildings burn down, you know. A helicopter falls on top of it, um, it flooded, it has a power cut. It's all about there. It's all about the consequences. So I think you can start looking in terms of risk management, saying what is key to our organisation. What if we lost would actually have a big impact, and then you can start planning that through. So now, where we used to do a lot of planning for loss of buildings, I think now, because most people can now work from home, practice and do it the whole loss of building is less of an important risk 
Yeah. It's still a risk, but it means we've got some good mitigation. If we come on to some of the, the ones like pandemic, it's very interesting that that, in terms of likelihood and impact, so all our risk management know that's your your top right hand, your red zone of your of your risk matrix. Then yeah. in ter- pandemic was exactly there. The government stated that was the most likely thing that was going to happen and mm-hmm. going to have the biggest impact. So none of us, and, and I can put my hands on it too, have got a real excuse to say we didn't know it as a risk. Yeah, it's just I think a lot of us kind of. I think the problem was with a little bit with pandemic is everyone focused on staff being off and being sick, which in this thing, half staff have been the actual illness, apart from, you know, those with underlying health problems, for the majority of the healthy population, it's not, the sickness and being off has not been the problem. The problem has been the economic close down, the mm-hmm. down, the close down of whole section of the industry. That has been the issue with this with this pandemic, not staff availability, because on the whole, staff have been available to work. Yeah. Yeah. And we could have seen a similar impact from an entirely different event, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the point is to plan for the consequences, as you say, rather than focusing on the focuses not on the, on the new nuances of the individual event itself. And yeah. if we come on to some of your, you know, the alien invasions and the and you know the solar flares and 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 some of those things, you know, I I think a little bit is we have to plan for things we can control. You know, if some of the things like a solar flare can take out mass power grids and we've all got no power, it is a little bit like this pandemic is ruling it together and we're kind of slightly on business survival mode. So I think, you know, what is worth planning for, I think, is a little bit as the things you can you can have where mitigation measures work. There are certain incidents, you know, when when I look at planning and I look at, say, you know, your organizations is a thousand people all in one building. We don't normally plan for if a jumbo jet like 9-11, a jumbo jet drives into the building and, you know, the majority of people die because there is a level of planning which is not, you know, do we have a plan for the one person who's out to lunch or turns up late and they're the one survivor and they can open the manual and say, right, how do I reform this business and start recruiting people? You know, there is a level of planning which you kind of decide upon it is not Mm -hmm. worth planning for because in terms of likelihood or in terms of impact, you know, it's not worth doing. Yeah. 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 There's only so far you can take everything. Yeah. 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 Um, now in terms of the pan- pandemic now, I mean, here we are, we're in September, 2020 at this point. And, and as we know, it's far from over. Um, but I wonder, is there, is there a danger of complacency um, setting in now? And, 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 and what are the issues now and what should organizations actually be doing at this stage of the crisis and what stage are we at, Charlie? A lot of questions there. I know. Yeah. I, th- I think one of the first things, and, and we were just having a discussion in our management team meeting just just um, just before I came on this call, was that I think there there is a little bit of incident fatigue at the moment. Yeah. There is one thing we brought back quite, um, um, you know, staff coming back from furlough. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you go for a little pottery walk every day and then you come off furlough and you're going back into running a marathon and you haven't really practiced for it. And if you were off sick for 
four months, you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't, you know, you'd be a phased return to work. You wouldn't just actually go and say, you know, come back sick and then you're into it, you know, seven and a half days a week, five days a week. So I think some of the people who are coming back off furlough are going to a little bit struggle to just get up to pace again. And then with the mental health and the burnout and all the kind of issues that are, and the productivity issues around about that. So I think people need to watch that. I think the second thing of those that have been working, you may have been working at home, you may have been working extra hours, you may have had all the stress of your small business of, you know, or even a big business, have I got a job? Um, you know, how is the business going? What can we do to get in sales? You know, worrying about the economic situation. You know, if you're a salesperson and nobody's buying, nobody's answering your calls, then that's very stressful for people, even those who've been on full salary and work in a way. And I think, you know, people have been at it for about four or five months. And I think we need to be also careful of those people for burnout as well, is do they just get just they just get tired and you know maybe the thing is they you, you know people unwind and they're two weeks in spain or they're and they've you know they got <laughs> a week in scotland with the midges you know yeah. or they've just stayed at home and that's not what their sort of body's used to unwinding regenerating so i think we need to look at our people in this one mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the next thing is we need to look at is, you know, if our business is starting, you know, you can see a little bit the economy started to pick up. People are going back to hopefully going back to, well, people going back to work maybe this week. Schools are back. So that's going to create a sort of business momentum. The furlough scheme is coming to, coming to an end, not too far distant future. So you've got that kind of issue of people, you know, they're either going to be paid off or they're going to go back to work. So, you know, businesses, projects, things will hopefully pick up. I think mm-hmm. people need to be aware of or to be flexible. And this is where I think they're into management as well. What happens if you suddenly have another lockdown in your area? Then how does that affect your business model? You know, how does that affect your supply chain? And, you know, we've seen flare-ups in, in, you know, a lot of Europe's having a flare-up. We've lucky, sort of, I'm touching wood here, haven't had yeah. too much of a flare-up in the UK. I wasn't going to say yet. Um, <laughs> but there's the opportunity for that. So there's an opportunity of further local lockdowns. So how is your business, you know, how can you react to them? And those lockdowns are happening pretty quickly. So. Yeah. You know, if you've got operations in that area and or I think we need to think about our supply chain in terms of, you know, either critical component of your windows or your your widget, whatever your building comes from Italy. And actually suddenly, you know, that you're working on the, the spares or the bits that were given to you pre-lockdown, the spares are starting to or the parts are starting to come through. And then, you know, your factory or your, your supplier in Italy is suddenly locked down again, yeah. then, you know, how are you going to react? What are you going to do about that? How is that going to be impacted? So I think people have to be, you know, on the ball, hyper aware, horizon scanning. Where are the problems? Where are the issues that we can? Let's do our risk management. Let's think about, you know, what are the risks? What are our vulnerabilities? And then, 
if we can't do anything, sometimes you can't do anything about it, but at least you can monitor it. You can have an eyes up and say, look, we're starting to, our spears are starting to not come through. They're coming. Our orders are being fulfilled at 50%. We need to think about this or do this or do yeah. something yeah. early. Yeah, and that goes back to what we talked about earlier about dynamic risk assessment, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not just a case of having a plan and that's it and now we're good to go. Uh, you've got to constantly look at that. You mentioned supply chain as well and I was just thinking um, there's almost a perfect storm brewing here, isn't there? Because we've got the end of the Brexit transition period yeah. coming up at the end of the year as well. So it, that combined with um, any kind of lockdown issues here and so on, as we saw with the old toilet roll fiasco, yeah, it, it, there's a, there is a lot on the horizon here, isn't there? There's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, and I think the Brexit, I think everyone slightly thought Brexit's done. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's not. And I think, you know, the, there is a lot. I think we're, I suspect quite a lot of people are crossing their fingers and hoping it's, you know, a bit EU style. It's all going to be sorted last minute as the EU is yeah. a little bit inclined to do. But, you know, there are some really big issues around about the supply chain and also of people's economic models as well. If it relies on, just in time, it relies on, you know, thin margins and someone suddenly sticks a 10% tariff on it. That can throw your complete product and then, you know, will your customers bear that extra 10% or actually then you become uncompetitive and, you know, that impacts further your business model. So Brexit, yeah, it is another hurdle on this road to hopefully some economic get back together again. Okay, and yeah, and any other thoughts, Charlie? Any other points you'd really like to get across? Yes, I, I think it's. I think the other thing is, you know, this is maybe a little bit selling selling my profession or a bit doom mongering. Is <laughs> the the you know the normal stuff hasn't gone away? So we've seen recently. Uh, I do a reasonable amount of stuff on, on cyber and, um, you know, there the seems to be a spate of at the moment as a lot of cyber ransoms going on. So yeah. ransomware and then people extorting money for you to get, you know, your business up on the up, up going again. We're coming into winter. So there's all the floods and all the kind of stuff that goes winter, the snow, beasts from the east. So, so there's all that don't forget that all those things, all those things, you know, just because it's COVID doesn't mean they're going to be any less. So I think we need to remember to just kind of to have the to take into account those those things as well. And that, other things, yeah. and my last bit is is I suppose is to learn the lessons. You know, do we remember really what happened around about was it the eighteenth? I don't know what the date was. The the fifteenth of March or whenever we went into the first lockdowns, yeah. everything started closing down. What were the lessons learned from that? What were the lessons learned from your organisations? You know, mm-hmm. I barely remember what happened last week. Far less, you know, what happened on the eighteenth of March. And I think organisations should be debriefing their people. Don't wait to the end of COVID because actually the end of COVID, we don't know when that, that could be sometime next year, you know. So don't wait till the end. Debrief it. Learn the lessons. What went well? What went badly? Of course, again, there's no point trying to do a plan 
because the plan, if you can't write another COVID plan, the next COVID, even the next COVID comes along, might not be the same sort of COVID that comes along or whether it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's not, not even the same sort of virus. So don't, you know, don't fight the last battle, but take the lessons learned. What went well? What went badly? What can we do to our plans? If we don't have plans, let's get some plans in place because people have learned a lot about incident management, a lot about how to manage incidents. You know, a lot of I've been doing some debriefings there, staff communication. So people does a really, really good jobs at staff communications. Their staff have been mm-hmm. on the whole happy. They've been, you know, government multinational organizations who've had to cope with different government rules, different lockdown rules. Is it one meter? Is it two meters? What can you do? What you can't do? And they've just been brilliant as assimilating that information, getting information out to staff in such a way that they can use it, interpreting it for their own organization. So there's lots and lots of really good learning. Yeah. out there so don't let it go to waste don't go and say oh well you know we'll wait until it's over or because it's going to be a year two years and and you won't even have a clue what you did so learn the lessons now don't wait do your debriefing yeah no great summary charlie um excellent and uh yeah and i don't mind you selling um selling your services <laughs> um I, you know i know you you, you have a terrific uh and, and regular uh, blog uh, that you do. Uh, you, where can people get that, Charlie? Just so, if you, if you, um, the company is Business Continuity Training Limited. So, you put Business Continuity Training to Google, and if you go in, it's called the Bulletin. If you put on Bulletin there, or if you send send me an email, send Johnny an email, you can pass it on, and I'll I'll put you on the list for for, for the blog there. But always happy to Fantastic. have new readers. Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, it's been great having you, Charlie. Some fantastic insights. So many, many thanks for that. Great, well, nice um, to speak to you. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Charlie. Thanks for your time. Uh, you've been listening to the Risk Acumen podcast. If you have any questions or comments around the topic we've covered today, please go to our LinkedIn page. You can find a link on www.riskacumen.co.uk and please join in the discussion. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Charlie. Uh, It's been great talking to you. And um, until the next time, goodbye for now.